Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com to get 5% off your first purchase with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for 5% off your first purchase. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Well, that was quite a business, wasn't it? We've had technical gremlins. If only the listeners knew our determination on a Sunday night to make this happen. It was really impressive. I felt like you were right at the end of your rope and you were about to bail. God, that's interesting. You were right. (laughs) Does this bode well for your mood over the course of this chatteroo then? No, no, my mood is transformed now. I'm talking to you and all the technology seems to be working and I'm not going to... Not going to touch it and mess it up. We've got so much technology, so many technology issues. I dropped my phone in the mud. You were deeply unsympathetic when I couldn't charge it. Well, you, you sent me a message saying that you dropped your phone in the mud. So I sent you yeah. a, a message back saying, classic Ed, because I thought thought that's what you wanted. But then you seemed, I don't know, you seemed aggrieved that I hadn't shown the, <laughs> uh, the appropriate level of sympathy. Well, I was on 1%. I chose to spend some of my 1% in sending a message to you. <laughs> In case I could never reach you again. <laughs> what happened? I dropped the phone in the mud, and then the mud obviously dried, and then it wouldn't sort of charge. Did you uh, Did you Google what to do in that circumstance? I didn't know, but I got a like a not like a paper clip, but like a nail, which then sort of got the mud out. It, it, it's slightly temperamental, but it seemed more or less do the trick. I did check online what you should do in this situation, and there was no, no definitive answer. But um, quite a lot of people said to immerse your phone in lukewarm water. Well, I used the nail option, and it seems to be modestly successful. I think it's a sticking plaster. Well, maybe that's true. I shall report back. What were you doing in the mud, by the way? I was going out for a walk in the countryside. So did you read the New York Times article I sent you? The one about apologising? No, no, actually. Oh, no, which You're welcome. Uh, The one about light. Basically, they found a recording from the 1950s and nobody said like. Oh, how interesting. So the word like wasn't every other word like it is now. No, I mean, it's it, it's genuinely sort of interesting. I kind of think I might, must have known that. So the article is entitled, Where Did Our Strange Use of the Light Come From? by John McWhorter. And some months ago, one of my readers sent me an invaluable cache of recordings of family members during therapy sessions in the 1960s, 60s or 50s. 
They're ordinary, seemingly educated, white Northeasterners ranging from their late 20s to late middle age, speaking casually. And what stands out today, 60 years later, is health, and they pause briefly when they talk. Their speech sounds almost herky-jerky to the modern ear. The reason their speech sounds somewhat odd in that way is that today people like those on the recording would fill many of those pauses with like, and then basically they, they weren't filling them with like. And then tr- he's trying to work out where did like come from. He ends the piece, though, I don't know whether this speaks anything to you, because I vaguely remember it from my childhood. He ends the piece by saying, the casual like is just business as usual with the evolution of language, and that evolution often confounds. In the 1990s, I asked that man close to 100 years old, was there anything he'd noticed about the way young people talked back in the 1920s? His answer, people said, you know, too much. Yes. You and I both do that. Do we still do that? Yes, and I, I know this from editing the podcast. Like, you know... You know, I think it was something that I did very much when I was growing up. I vaguely remember it being a thing that people said a lot of, you know, you know, kind of like, sort of, they're all in the same category, aren't they? Yeah, kind of and sort of are other big ones. So it's it's about the evolution of filler words. To some extent, it's, it's another way of saying, um. Yeah. It's something to do with your verbal processing. I think like it's an Americanism, but I've noticed my kids use it. I think it came over from America somehow. Cultural imperialism. Maybe. Now, I wanted to raise this because I have a particular evolution of language thing which I wanted to ask you about. Mm. If somebody asks you something, and by the way, I don't want to prefigure this by saying this is not an accusation against you because to my knowledge, you've never said this to me, although maybe you have. As some, somebody asks you something, can you do X? And the reply was, yep. Mm. Y-E-P. What's your reaction to that? I think yep is better than yup. Y-U-P. I think the yup is very dismissive. I think yep isn't great. Yep is not great. I I can cope with a yeah, but I really dislike it when people spell yeah without the A. That comes across as very curt to me. But you see, it's so interesting, isn't it? When did this evolution of yep, because it must be a text message phenomenon. Because mm. I don't remember yet being, maybe it was a sort of way of, of sort of passive aggressive yes in the days before SMS. But it is interesting, isn't it? I had not come across yup. I mean, yup does sound bad. Yeah. One that you do with some frequency yeah. is uh, is fine, which from anybody else is very passive aggressive. But I don't think you mean it like that. I really don't, I don't think. Not as bad as yet. Not as bad as yet, but if, if I get just the word fine as a reply, it's like, fine, it's a little curt. So basically, hang on, let's just do the declension here. What's the descending order of sort of aggressiveness? <laughs> so it has to. Be, this all has to be one-word answers, right? Correct, correct, correct. No, but they're all in the affirmative, yes. Okay, so I think yes is it's probably fine. the best. Yeah, it's fine. Then... Yeah, spelt correctly, with an A. And an H. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Uh, then, yep. Yep. <laughs> then, then I think it's uh, then I think it's yup. And then the worst one is um, yeah, like Y E H without the A, because that just feels like a grunt. That's controversial. I I don't, I'm not sure. I'm, I didn't think I've got a line of sight on Y E H. How comfortable are you with the, the one word reply in the first place? Yeah, I think the one-word reply is okay. Maybe the, maybe you're raising a whole other sort of set of issues. 
Because I, I, I feel that to be polite. It needs to be a yes, comma, that's great. Or yes, comma, that's fine. What about the little reactions where you hold your finger down and you can get a thumb up? Whoa. See, I don't mind those. I feel that they've invented those to, to help us out of this quagmire. Well, I think that might be right. I think I am in a sort of middle-aged person adaptation to these single finger, you know, thumbs up things. I found I find them generally slightly like, are you sure you can't be bothered to spell out a word but i think that might be just a sort of non-digital native reaction i think i'm i think you're right i might be coming around to them yeah i mean it is very interesting to me to hear what it must be like for a um a man of your age because i found out this week ed that i have the lungs of a 46 year old man <laughs> well well i did a spy a spirometry test because i'm getting dead. very out of breath and, uh, Sorry to hear it. And, and, Sorry to hear and, and, and I wanted to uh, eliminate anything scary, which I have done. Well, that's a relief. It is a relief. As it turns out, I'm just getting out of breath because I'm very unfit and overweight. But as far as my lungs go, the lungs of a 46-year-old man. Can you imagine what a great thing to hear at the age of 50 that was? See, the funny thing is about you, I'm sorry to rain on your parade, is I was thinking, well, it's only four years younger than you are. Have you got any suspicion about your own lung age? Well, my... <laughs> can't believe we're having this conversation. <laughs> my my watch, I'm one of these people for gadgets, has a thing called VO2 max, which is your thumb lung capacity, and I have an excellent score. Really? Yeah, excellent. But I think it might just be misleading. Well, I've, I've had mine properly checked by the experts. So that is, like, reassuring. I think so, yeah. Can I just ask you a question? If yes. you were more fit let me just be very sort of careful about the way i put this would it go down from 46 i don't know i don't know if you can reduce your lung age but i'm I'm happy because you hear of people going to the doctors and they're told that they've got the lungs of a 70 year old man when they're in the 40s so i'm i'm quite proud i thought that was an achievement and i feel that you have rained on my parade i have slightly haven't i rained on your parade <laughs> but i think it's good look at least you're batting below your you know above your average yeah what what else did they recommend to you? Well, what, what do you think they recommended to me? Get a bit more fit. Move your body more, change what you eat. Now, you've got something else to report. Yeah, I wanted to talk about this article you sent me from the New York Times about how to apologise like you mean it. My first question is, what were you trying to convey in sending me this article? Really, I just thought it would be good material for us to talk about. I genuinely, and I would tell you if this was not the case, Generally, wasn't me saying you apologise badly. I thought you'd think something sort of slightly peculiar about why I was sending it to you. I thought it was because you you felt that I wasn't appropriately sympathetic about your phone being dropped in the mud. No, no, but I sent it before the phone dropped in the mud. Okay, okay. I thought it was just quite a useful thing for life. Do you consider yourself to be a good apologiser? Mm, not after reading this article. Uh so, so basically, here are the principles. The ingredients of a successful apology can vary, but here are the ones that many experts agree on. Express regret. Do not say, I want to apologise, I would like to apologise. Simply say, I apologise. I'm explain, not sure about that one. Explain, but keep it brief. Uh-huh. Skip justifications and excuses. But this not, should not be to make us feel better or defend our actions. This is uh, Lisa Leopold, a researcher who's done these apologies. While you're explaining... Avoid conditional words, which can weaken the apology. E.g., I apologise for the delay, but I had multiple deadlines to meet. Acknowledge any harm you've caused. Say you'll try to do it again. 
offer to repair, ask for forgiveness. Do you think you meet those criteria? Mm, I don't think I do particularly. I, I will never apologise just for the sake of it. Uh, Sarah will apologise when she doesn't mean it just to try and restore some kind of equilibrium. Whereas if, to my credit, if you get an apology from me, I mean it. It is a sincere apology. You're going some. Is that what you're saying? But there are some things in this article that don't make very much sense to me. So, for example, she says, don't say, oh, I'm sorry uh, it took so long to get back to you, but I've been really busy. But at the same time, she says, explain. So the I've been really busy is the explanation, right? That's a good point. Also, when she says, don't use language like I want to apologise or I would like to apologise, my feeling is that adds a sense of gravitas to the apology. You're giving a little run-up to the apology. Listen, I want to apologise. To to me, sounds better than I apologise. No? No, it was thought-provoking. Who's better at apologising in your household? Clearly my wife. (laughs) I think that's the right answer. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. If any, anybody's got any thoughts on apologies or on language or yep, yeah, yep, fine, they can email us, can't they? Yeah. So for you, what constitutes a good apology? We could also do, have you got a piece of technology that you have almost destroyed, but it is still working? What is the worst thing that you've done to your phone? What is the thing that somebody texts you that really annoys you? Yes. And the hierarchy of yup, yep, yeah, yes, fine. We should try and uh, sort that out for once and for all, shouldn't we? I think the yeps need to be avoided, really. 
Okay, well, there we go. That's a rule. All we ever need is a rule. Chat at cheerfulpodcast.com. This came from Layla Kelly. Dear Ed and Jeff, according to my mum in the 1920s, my great-grandpa sent a postcard from Crowe to London that arrived on the day that he sent it. Good thing, too, because it read, Home on the 445, kippers for tea, please. Wow. Firstly, where is Cromer? Excuse my ignorance. You're just so ignorant, Jeff. <laughs> then where is it? Cromer is in uh, North Norfolk. Oh, it's not that place that's 23 miles north of Norwich, uh, 116 miles northeast of London, is it? Just uh, just to the east of Sheringham on the North Sea coastline? I think Cromer, I think, is Cromer on the shipping forecast? I'm not sure. Yeah, Cromer is not on the shipping forecast, sorry. But the point being that in those days you could post a letter and it would arrive on the same day, even if it wasn't within London, which is what we were talking about last week. Uh, well, I mean, isn't that amazing? Yes, incredible. Um, and by way of a contrast, she says a couple of years ago, I received letters one day in October that had been sent in February, April, May, June and August. Well, there you go. I'm just trying to work out. He sent it home, home by five, 4.45. I mean... Has to get there before him. That's why I don't understand. He could have sent it in the morning and only left later on. I mean, yeah. I, 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 it could be an urban myth. Maybe. I mean, there's, there's no mention of a, a carrier pigeon in the email there, is there? Or in the 1920s, what would have been the well, train, presumably? Yeah. Which is how the mail would have been travelling as well. Well, maybe he was on a later train. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Well, Layla, we might need more details. <laughs> we might need the train timetable. Um, speaking of trains, yeah, I did you a little quiz. You sent me the list of the names for the new London Overground lines. Yeah. I like some more than others. To us, I like the idea of the lines. I use the Overground from Old Gospel Oak occasionally. And, okay, you say the train to Clapham, the train to Richmond, but I think having the lines is like a good idea. So what is your line going to be called then? Oh, I don't know. No idea. Because there's like the Weaver, <laughs> the Lioness, the Suffragette, the Mild May. Um, some of them are a bit on the nose, but I, I, I like the spirit behind them. I think it was a poem, wasn't it, that did it? Oh, is that what it was? Why aren't they all called Liney McLineface then? Yeah, well, that's true. Like, it maybe wasn't a poll. It was something. So inspired by uh, you sending me an email about um, train lines, I, uh, I've got a higher, lower... Train stations by passenger numbers, busiest train stations. Honestly, you just they should bring back player cards, right? <laughs> and you should be the presenter. I think so, yeah. So Doncaster, we, I thought we'd start with the most appropriate, your constituency, uh, 3.64 million passengers a year. But is Dundee higher or lower? Lower. Yes, 1.45. Yes. So 1.45. What about my hometown of Macclesfield? Um, it's on the main line to Manchester Piccadilly. No, but you're trying to sort of trick me here. Uh, lower. Yes, 1.18. Swansea. You tried to fool me then. I did, you... I did. Okay, I think Swansea's higher. Yeah, 1.88. Blackpool North, higher or lower than Swansea? Blackpool North. That's the main train station in Blackpool. All right, you just you, you just try to confuse me here. Um, higher. Lower. Oh, Ed, you're on a real good street there. Bournemouth, higher or lower than Black, uh, Blackpool, not Blackburn. What's the number? Uh, Blackpool North is 1.55. I think Bournemouth is lower. 2.43. Oh, no. Norwich, higher or lower than Bournemouth at 2.43? Higher. Yes, 3.96. 
Bristol yeah. Temple Meads, higher or lower? Oh, than higher, higher, higher. Nine point two nine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, and Newcastle higher. upon Tyne, higher or lower than nine point two nine? Well, higher, like lower, eight point four. Well. I'd still say that was that was relatively successful for for you with these quizzes. And just as a bonus question, yeah, put these London stations in order of most to least busy. <laughs> yeah, Euston, Liverpool Street, London Bridge, Paddington, Victoria, and Waterloo. Well, oh, for goodness' sake! Hang, hang on, hang on, hang on. Okay. I'm going to, have to write these down. I mean, honestly, I take these things seriously. I know. I'm not. It's not just sort of like you know, fly by night. Any old what's it? Euston, Waterloo. Uh, Euston, Liverpool Street, London Bridge, Paddington, Victoria, and Waterloo. So six. Yeah. Would you want the highest first or the lowest? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whichever, whichever way you want to do it. So the num- the, the, the the stations are Euston, Waterloo, Liverpool Street, Paddington, Victoria, Victoria and London Bridge. Oh, lummy. I mean, that is just hard. <sighs> Euston top. Euston top. And then? Followed by Paddington. Paddington, and then number three. Victoria. Number four. Liverpool Street. Yeah. Waterloo. Waterloo, and least busy. London Bridge. Okay. I can tell you that you have one out of the six in the right position. Gee, shucks. Go on, tell me the list. Okay. Least busy. Yeah. Euston. What? Number five is Victoria. Number four, London Bridge. Number three, Waterloo. Number two, Paddington. And the busiest station by passenger number is Liverpool Street. Euston? Yeah. The least busy out of those ones. What does busy mean? Passengers who uh, use it as a start and end point per year. Wow. Who knew? I did. Well, I knew when I decided to look it up on Wikipedia. But it's surprising, isn't it? Extremely surprised. Were you surprised? I was surprised. Oh, well, there we go. That was that was exhilarating. I think it was exhilarating. We should say, tell the listeners that we've had technological. Well, we said that at the beginning, but but you wouldn't it believe it's, worst it's, it's the worst in um, six six years or six and a half years or whatever. Can I just say that I take a little bit of satisfaction out of the fact that you were responsible for at least fifty percent of the problems. Oh, probably more, which is so unusual. Yes, I know. I know. I'm going to have to get someone round. I think. What? And never mind the person coming round. Just gives me a sort of sense of relief of some moral <laughs> superiority. <laughs> I mean, to be honest, I'm hoping you don't get the person round so that I can sort of <laughs> continue to sort of lord it over you. Yeah, really. you've got the sense of superiority over the technical issues. I've got my 46 year old lungs. Yeah, which is impressive. Yeah, I wasn't sufficiently adulatory about no i know know. i'm sorry that was a good apology yeah that wasn't really we should give the email address before we go it's chat at cheerfulpodcast.com and we we will talk about serious issues won't we yeah i've got a bunch of them that i'd like to address in our friendship our, our podcasting relationship and the the wider world so yeah whenever you're good to go on those i'm here for it yep all right have a good week Yep. <laughs> you didn't get it the first time. on the uptake there. Yeah, yeah. All right. Fine. Bye. Yep. Yeah. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project... There's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves 
without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1, only from Rustolium.